1: Now. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. oh. Uh, uh, this shit is bananas. B A N A N A S. This shit is T R U M P A N A N A S. What?
0: I don't know. I don't even know.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics, like we're talking about reality TV.
2: Oh, my God. We are three <laughs> weeks into Do You 22, ma'am, Yeah. And our goddamn schedule. I don't know what happened. It is so <laughs> it's, intense. It's this crazy. is probably like the most intense two weeks of my entire life. Yeah. I don't even want to do Do Me 23. I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. Just fucking.
1: It's, it's, uh, I, 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 I don't have the words I don't have the words like all of a sudden We got so busy It's unbelievable and it's insane Now it's all good Yeah I mean it's
2: all good Um, And some of it's <sighs> Gonna be a lot to do
1: about Nothing because yes, that's We have correct. stressed that's out right. and then it falls through But as most as most of it is Actually gonna be much to do about nothing Well I mean, really. oh I said much to do
2: Or much to do. A much to (laughs) do. And it has been much to do do for nothing.
1: (laughs) Much to do for nothing.
2: Yeah. Now, I have to say right off the top, though, that Devin Verana sent me a hugely generous Ulta (sighs) gift card for my birthday. Yeah. She has been spoiling us silly for the last two months. Uh Okay. Uh Like over the holidays, Devin has just like, for example, memo, our celebrity correspondent, and sexy gay boyfriend, Aaron Cornova, yeah. sent us a giant tin of assorted flavored popcorn. Mm-hmm. And we on our Patreon podcast, were like, oh, we don't know who sent this fucking popcorn. But what we do know is that there's white cheddar in there. And white cheddar <laughs> has become Meow uh, Meow's new kryptonite. And she mm-hmm. wants there to be only a, a, a single. <laughs> she wants there to be a
1: white cheddar aisle. Yes. At the grocery store. Name it. It can be on it. Anything. Rice, white cheddar rice cakes. To die. Uh, white cheddar popcorn obviously is the best. The white cheddar popcorners, delicious. Smart food. Oh, God. Yes. I mean, oh, that I love it. Mm.
2: So, Devin and Vrana, then our erotic third, comes through with two gigundous boxes of white cheddar Cheez-Its <laughs> and white cheddar smart food popcorn. So, it's all little uh, individuals, though. Which is COVID-friendly. And, but just bad for, because you, you, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have these. I mean, what can I there's 20 cheeses in here. What would right, it matter? Right. No, it does. Cause you're eating 20 of those a day. That's we, true. We.
1: That is true. And we can't be doing that on our health journey right
2: now. No, we're on a health journey. We had to take, we had to banish them from our site. Devin, we ate at least half. Oh. And then it was like, get, get to the garage.
1: Yeah. Like, let me grab 10 of these bags and sit here for a minute. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: She's a whore. She's a whore who sent... She's a white cheddar whore. Yeah, delicious fucking <laughs> snacks up in here. And there's. she's been nonstop. And by the way, not to mention, she gave the weighted warming body pillow, mm-hmm. which I gave to Pee Wee mm-hmm. at, at here and at my house. Mm-hmm. And it has transformed yes. my relationship with my own dog. That is true. Because
1: isn't he so much more serene now, Mema? And he likes to be wrapped in that warm thing, and then he just goes into goes to a a pl- when he is sleeping in that warm thing which we call his biscuit his biscuit i mean i will fall asleep looking at him because it i looks- think he's dead half the time
2: <laughs> i think he's dead
1: half the time he is so relaxed yes raw he makes relaxing look so good he makes sleeping look so good. Yeah,
2: he needs to be the dog. He uh, needs to replace the
1: the original Chihuahua in the meme.
2: This is how I sleep, knowing I've let everyone down who's ever believed in me. <laughs> he needs to replace that that meme. And he was never like that before. No. He was a fucking squirrely, whiny. <laughs> you know, said with love, but he's like a little thin.
1: Yeah, crab- and a crab. He's a whiny crab. Yeah,
2: and kind of like a cra- kind of like a crystal meth addict. Yes, in a lot of ways, he's a crackhead. Yeah, he's a crackhead. <laughs> yeah, he's like a crackhead. The thing is, I feel like Devin should with all of her millions of dollars cuz let's be real. I mean, mm. even if you don't have them, Devin, please pretend you do cuz we need and want that for you. <laughs> I say fuck the anthropology body pillow. Let's make our own line. Let's make them four dogs and let's then give them to Caesar Milan even though he's problematic and then they killed that dog and all that stuff. But Caesar Milan has been trying to soothe crackhead chihuahuas since his <laughs> career began. And we now have the, like, special sauce. I'm telling you, he has drastically changed. And I had to give one to my
1: mom. Good. Oh. mm.
2: Also a crackhead who loves a deep warming (laughs) pillow. And would be good for you. Also a crackhead who loves a deep warming. (laughs) I know. I lay it right on me with him. I love it, too. It's, I
1: like a weighted thing. Right. And it's weighted. Yeah. Weighted, for me, it's, I don't mind the weightedness without the heat. But when the heat's on it, then I become like a. Like a crackhead has gone too far. Yeah, and then has to th- hurl it through the window.
2: Right. I mean, I think your biography should be called "Crackhead Who's Gone Too Far." <laughs> and I think it's really it's yeah it's uh it's an autobiography, uh-huh. and I think you should write it. <laughs> Speaking of um crackheads, Jim Whaley. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who, if he's not on crack, with these paintings he's doing, this man is <laughs> uh, this guy's like a brilliant fucking painter. Like, mm. and it's all different types of styles, different landscapes Mm. and then other things that aren't landscapes like he can do anything
1: the thing that um got me with a bunch of it is his humor yeah he's really funny like the motherfucker is funty well after
2: my constant bitching about the spine on the calendar he sent Uh because we don't even get to enjoy his art this month because the fucking cover fell off Mm -hmm. Which was tip of the iceberg, and that's, like, really, and it's my birthday month, and it's like, I want that up there, fucking Jim. So he sent a giant poster board where he, like, computerized, like, one of his paintings, and he, like, sort of blended them and made it into, like, a futuristic movie poster that says, only one podcast can (laughs) save us from Red State. (laughs)
1: fucking amazing
2: and then he put a qr code so that we could look at his art and guess what jim i went ahead and did it i clicked <laughs> right on it and looked all through it and i was like oh my god and i was in the kitchen i'm like you're not gonna believe this shit this guy's fucking good mm-hmm. and then there's a note and his a self-portrait of him that he painted mm-hmm. on the poster the movie poster about red state and then an actual note on the poster
1: as well it says thanks for the awesome shout out i'm so glad you loved my art Hated the crappy hinge on the calendar and felt the note was, eh, kind of phoned in, really. Kind of like this one, Jim. <laughs> kind of like this one. Uh, really waiting on some good feedback for
2: the podcast, Jim, <laughs> and how much it's changed your life. It made me so excited and laugh when I opened oh it. Oh, my it God. Completely yeah. funny. And I
1: love any kind of writing in a manner of of feeling. So, like, eh, kind of phoned in. Like, you, he wrote that, yeah. eh, kind of phoned in, really. Yeah, like, you write how you talk. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: This next, like, letter, okay, it's from Nicole Ponsler. Okay. First of all, this bitch is a painter, too, so I couldn't even believe it when I saw that. And then when I read this letter, I had to interrupt you. I go, you need to walk outside. I need you to go leave your appointment, and I need you to walk outside and let me read you this letter and tell you about Jim's thing, because this blew oh my fucking mind I was dying so hard and then yep. the fact that she's a painter and she's a great
1: painter too yeah hey guys um I've been remiss in writing because I'm lazy in my feelings and almost always on drugs well <laughs> I already we, love we it already we're already all in the family I'm possibly number one of 14 and I followed you since gay pimpin days where I would fast forward through Nadia <laughs> in order to listen to my favorite snarky and belligerent gals I'm an artist, so I listen to both podcasts each week in my studio and while painting murals. Enclosed is a picture for the drug den bulletin board where I'm painting my most recent mural with my mom and her BFF literally watching paint dry. I've always felt a kinship with you guys, but when you started talking about Bird Cafe on your Patreon podcast, I decided I finally had to write. My chef husband and I have owned a restaurant called Bird Cafe and Supper Club in NorCal, north of Bay Area, Julie, for five long years. We don't host actual birds, but we do share your affinity for all things feathered. Check us out on IG at PA. We are currently all out of shirts, but as soon as I get my shit together to reorder yours, we'll be in the mail. The greatest compliment I received in 2021 was from our 11-year-old. She walked into the studio while I was listening to Julie rant on DGP and said, she sounds like you. I've never been prouder. Love you guys, and thanks for all that you do. Cheers to Do You 22, Nicole Ponsler. Can you fucking believe that Nicole has Bird Cafe? Not only does she have a bird cafe, but the picture on the fucking menu is a is an owl. Yeah, and she wrote the letter hey. on the back of the menu,
2: and then she sent her gorgeous picture with her sexy legs in front of her mural. The Ugh. picture of look at this picture of the mom oh, cool. and Wait. the best friend watching the paint dry. It's from the back. They're in lawn chairs. They're so fucking cute. Oh my god. Oh, that is so cool. And how cute is that picture? Very. That like belongs on like a card. You oh. know what I mean? Like. We're still friends and you're still a big cunt Phyllis or whatever, you know, like you know get like a birthday card right, like all... after
1: all these years yeah. of
2: sitting on the sidewalk. Yeah. You're a cunt. Then right. and I don't know if you, you know, for the for the 14 who aren't on our Patreon podcast, <laughs> get, go ahead and get on it. Um so Stacy Vaness gave us basically dumpling a little clear bird feeder birdhouse that yeah. attaches to the window. Dumpling sits and it's made for cats and children to sit and look at birds mm-hmm. and Julie really because she stomps <laughs> up to the window loudly and then it tricks the birds so they don't see anyone looking at them yeah and we added a cup to the top it really officially became the bird cafe when we yeah. added a cup to the mm-hmm. top so they can stand at the top and eat and right just it's all different types at the of rooftop bar yeah and the bird cafe has become a bed and breakfast for um, a, a couple rats, a, a few rats, mm-hmm. and, and a squirrel and a squirrel. Mm-hmm. So now it's a bed and breakfast. But we're just going to keep it just bird cafe. And bitch, Nicole sent stickers that we can put oh. on the bird cafe. Now I did not oh. know if she made these. Oh my god! For our bird cafe, which that's so sweet. But they're from like like kind of like logos, I think, for their restaurant. But oh my god! I'm living for us to brand the the cafe.
1: I, um, yes. <laughs> I mean, Bird Cafe and Supper Club, SoCal, (laughs) exactly. which is the annex to Bird Cafe and Supper Club, NoCal, NorCal, NorCal. I mean, we're putting this on. We're putting these on. We're putting these on. I mean, we're putting these on. We now interrupt our regularly scheduled JoJo and Kiki because the best way to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day is to close your legs to white supremacy. Okay, this week, white Americans are clout chasing on Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy in every way possible, and apparently, we are no exception. But this is our segment called Close Your Legs to White Supremacy, and we think there's no better time than right here and right now to sit and listen to his famous I Have a Dream speech with our 14 listeners.
2: Yeah, you know, I've seen a million quotes and clips... From the speech, but I had to admit to you earlier that I've never sat down and listened to the whole entire speech Mm -hmm. all at once, which made me feel really (laughs) gross about myself.
1: And then I hadn't ever heard the whole entire thing either, which
2: instantly made me feel better good, and and a lot less gross. Mm -hmm. And I will say to our credit, at least we haven't ever done a social media post about him while. Never having actually taken the time to listen to the entire fucking speech.
1: Which I'm sure half the people doing those posts have never heard the whole fucking thing.
2: No way. No, you know. You know they haven't. And it's a small but significant distinction that I will hold on (laughs) to just to tell myself that there are other worse hypocrites out there than us. When really, we're all just dicks. (laughs) So for any of our 14 listeners that are dicks like us, we are now going to right that wrong and sleep a little more smugly tonight. Not (laughs) snugly, smugly. Getting the relaxing rest of the self-righteous, knowing that we listened to something important today and did something right with our day. That's right.
1: And just to make sure that we don't get some relaxing rest during the speech, we're going to people's couch it because nothing is more stimulating and inspiring to us than hearing our own voices. Correct. The speech is 17 minutes long, so we aren't going to stop
2: and start it for our comments because it'll eat up too much time. We're just going to let it ride and hope to God that specifically I (laughs) don't interrupt him.
1: So just to set the stage and give some context, next summer will be the 60th anniversary of probably the most famous speech of all time, which calls for equal rights and an end to racism. Unfortunately, his message is still fucking as relevant today as it was then. That's not to say that nothing has changed since the 60s, but progress has aggressively slowed. And now, thanks to the Republican Party, is clearly reversing.
2: So he gave the speech at the March on Washington, which was one of the biggest political rallies for human rights in the history of the United States. 250,000 people marched from the Washington Monument to the Lincoln Memorial to hear him give this speech.
1: So here is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Addressing the crowd at the March on Washington on August 28, 1963.
3: I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history As the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. And he was right. (laughs) So many people. Five score years ago. Mm, Oh. Nice touch. Nice touch. The great American, in whose symbolic shadow we stand today, signed the Emancipation Proclamation. the Negro still is not free. One hundred years later, the the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. One hundred years later, later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity, 100 years later, the the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition in a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check when the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. They were signing a promissory note to whichever American was to fall out. This note was a promise that all men, men. yes, black men as well as white men would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Still defaulting. Mm -hmm. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation... America has given the Negro people a bad check. A check which has come back marked insufficient funds. I think I've written a few of those checks.
1: Yeah, Yeah, unfortunately. I know you have. (laughs) Technology
2: has really come a long way. It
3: really has. But we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt.
2: We refuse to it believe might be. That
3: there are I think it actually is. Great I mean, it might. It of it of this wasn't then,
2: but maybe, so but it we've is now. Don't
3: come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice.
1: Oh, the Republicans just don't want that. So, you know, they're bankrupting the bank.
2: They're morally bankrupt, and so it is bankrupt. We though. have
3: also come to this hallowed spot. So they're to in fr- front of Lincoln. America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Mm-hmm. But we love
2: drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to stop it and just oh. say this. I just mentioned the the Lincoln Memorial on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. And I'm so embarrassed to have it be like one of like like the the highlights of anything i've ever seen ever in my life and we've been together twice and i didn't know that that's where the speech was and oh. i wish i could have stood in there and just oh, thought of that
1: right well we'll be back there one day
2: and now we'll stop other people from making that shallow mistake. <laughs>
3: yes yes now is the time yes, is. to make real the promises of democracy Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. This sweltering summit of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until that is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content, will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. There will be neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro is granted his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. It's
2: hard. (laughs) That's
3: real hard. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protests to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. Uh, The marvelous new militancy uh, which has engulfed the Negro community must not lead us to a distrust of all white people. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here today, ...have come to realize that their destiny is tied up with our destiny. A
2: hand just crept in and lowered the me. microphones down. And the sound is better. <laughs> Someone was like, go do the it, sound just go is do
0: better. it, Phil. And Phil's like, oh God, it sounds don't totally blame better. me, sir. They have oh. come
3: to realize that their freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. We cannot walk alone. And as we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead we cannot turn back there are those who are asking the devotees of civil rights when will you be satisfied we can never be satisfied as long as the negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality we can never be satisfied as long as our Mm -hmm. body is heavy with the fatigue of travel cannot gain lodging in the motels of the highways and the hotels of the city.
2: Oh my God, awful, awful.
3: We cannot be satisfied as long as the Negro's basic mobility is from a smaller ghetto to a larger one. We can never be satisfied as long as our children are stripped of their selfhood and robbed of their dignity by signs stating for whites only. white
2: people in the we crowd. We cannot be goal.
3: satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote. And a Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good one. <laughs> Burn.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's no, definitely still happening. That is 100% definitely no, happening still.
0: No, we are
3: not satisfied and Ugh. we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Not my unmindful that some of you have come here out of great trials and tribulations. Some of you have come fresh from narrow jail cells. And some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battered by the storms of persecution and staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities, knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream Weltering with the heat of
2: I think he's saying that because it's be really hot there right into
3: now. Oasis of it's freedom hot know and this. Justice. I have yeah, a Mississippi dream. was the worst.
2: And it's hot in D.C. where he's standing in yes. that suit. My poor yes.
3: little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. <laughs> from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. Mm -hmm. Not only that, (laughs) let freedom ring. Curvaceous slopes like titties or what?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh.
3: Let freedom ring from lookout mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, and when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day
1: Okay, now it's time for us to finally ask the question we've always wanted to ask. Am I going to need a lawyer for this?
3: Yeah, let's speak
4: to my lawyer.
1: This is our new segment where we finally get to ask the question we've always wanted to ask. Am I going to need a lawyer for this? Why? Because if the answer is ever yes, and we do need a lawyer, we're currently sitting with the unfortunate soul who will be on the other end of our call.
2: That's right. If Julie and I accidentally kill a drifter or become involved in a torrid love affair with the sexy head of a foreign drug cartel, (laughs) or we get caught in a very involved money laundering scheme with Jen Shaw from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, we are definitely calling this man. The question is, will he answer his phone? (laughs) I think no.
1: No, I think you're right. I
2: well, would say no. You,
5: you two will always need a lawyer, so <laughs> I'll be there for you whenever you call because I know it will be an emergency. No Good. doubt you'll be getting in some type of problems
1: <laughs> okay. and you're right you are right yes now i'm glad to hear that you won't let it go to voicemail but we'll keep calling until he picks up the phone personally yes. because he's not just the best defense attorney that we know he's literally one of the best goddamn defense attorneys in the history of the entire world of defense attorney oh
5: from the beginning of time until now <laughs> that's yes. right all right
2: and if he's also super rich
1: (laughs) thank god because he's clearly going to have to represent us for free so without further ado here to help us answer the question do we need a lawyer for this is decorated uber lawyer to the criminal stars our good friend roy black hi roy well
5: Well, thank you ladies for inviting me for this program in my own home so (laughs) it is very nice being here and i'm happy to answer almost any question you will ask We
1: dragged you out from your room because (laughs) we cannot live another second um, without getting your hot take on the trial and verdict of America's biggest fraud cunt, Elizabeth Holmes. So start out by explaining to our 14 listeners who Elizabeth Holmes is and what she was charged with.
5: Well, poor Elizabeth is like Icarus who flew too close to the sun and crashed to the earth. I like Elizabeth. She even looks good with her turtleneck and everything, <laughs> yeah. playing Steve Jobs. Well, what happened is Elizabeth, like many young entrepreneurs, went to Stanford, MIT, Harvard, those. She was at Stanford, dropped out after a year because they had come up with this new idea, this machine that could take one drop of your blood and determine every single thing that could possibly be wrong with you just by examining this one drop of blood now didn't that sound like a great idea it sounds great of course it did that's how she was able to sell 950 million (laughs) dollars worth of investment in it because everybody who heard about it said my god this is perfect we need to do this and here's this beautiful young brilliant star just like Steve Jobs, so we have to give Aroma our money. Unfortunately for Elizabeth, <coughs> the idea was good, but it didn't work. I've had a, quite a number of cases like hers where you get these fraud cases. And what happened, people like her become very popular, then we demonize them. And a lot of that is somewhat unfair because we need entrepreneurs, we need people with ideas, with the energy to do things. That she came up with some good ideas. Unfortunately, halfway through, they found out they didn't work. So, what do you do? You raised all this money a billion dollars from investors, you hired all these people, you had labs, you had at stockholders, you had employees, and all of this. Now, all of a sudden, it's not working. What do you do? Do you get up and say to everybody, "Oh, I'm sorry. You know, never mind," and that's it? No, you try to make it work, and 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 what happens is that by trying to make it work, you're lying about what happens, and <laughs> one lie builds on another, and then you get in this trap of never being able to solve the problems and it ends up in this huge fraud you get indicted and now she's going go to go to prison. Be,
2: kind of become like a ponzi scheme at some point where you're you know you're you're lying you're you're you're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. It becomes a ponzi scheme, right?
5: Well, it, it's somewhat similar to that, not exactly, but somewhat similar, but but you have to understand what happens. I've been involved I was in WorldCom and other cases like that. Nobody goes into these businesses meaning to commit fraud. They think they had a good business. Same thing with Enron. They all had great businesses. But there comes a times where the business is failing. And what do you do? You just don't give up. You try to save it. And so these people try to save the business by raising more money. Don't worry. If we could last another 90 days, it'll work. And unfortunately, a lot of them don't. Some of them do. You know, They have these turnarounds. But if it doesn't work, then they become demonized and get indicted and now uh, we treat them like criminals when in fact they never intended to commit crimes.
1: But legally speaking, (laughs) if I don't want to intend to commit a crime, but I commit a crime, haven't I committed a crime?
5: No, all crime requires intent. Almost all serious crime requires criminal intent. So I could be
1: defense, so I could, if I, let's say... It was involuntary
2: fraud? (laughs) I don't think so. Right,
1: (laughs) right, or involuntary money money laundering.
5: No, no, but I'm not saying she didn't intend to commit the crime, because after a while she did. She didn't start the business intending to commit a crime. I think that's true. Right. Halfway through, she realized they had this problem and they couldn't tell the truth because if they told the truth, then the whole thing would collapse. Was, so they did intend to lie at some point.
2: She was told from the beginning it was extremely unrealistic by medical doctors who had been, you know, and professors at Stanford, which is why she dropped out. She believed it it could happen. And I, I agree with what you said, like we need entrepreneurs. We need people who believe in magic, or nothing magical will ever happen. But, I mean, she knew, she never really had anything more than a fantastical idea, you know, like a time machine.
5: Yes, Wh- but, look, but look, look at the investors, though. She goes to Silicon Valley. This was not a public investment. In other words, they didn't uh, sell it on the stock exchange. They sold part of the business to these people in the Silicon Valley, the most sophisticated investors in the world, uber rich, they invest in all these technology companies. These were not stupid people. They also believed it would work.
2: She will get in more trouble, let's say, than the the guys at Enron, because the guys at Enron basically defrauded regular Joes, like Julie and I, out of our 401ks, whereas Elizabeth Holmes, she defrauded rich people, and nobody fucks with the rich people, <laughs> right?
5: No, the difference <laughs> is if, if you steal from the rich, nobody cares. You steal from the poor everybody gets pissed off. So that's why the guys in Enron got 20, 25 years in prison. They got punished severely. She's not going to get punished anywhere near that. What do you think? Yeah,
2: she hasn't been sentenced. So what is your prediction?
5: Well, what happened, it's very interesting, the verdict. Because she got convicted of four counts of fraud, a conspiracy to commit fraud, and three counts of fraud against the investors. She was acquitted of defrauding doctors and patients now if she had been convicted of the doctors and the patients I think she would be punished more because these are people that you know really needed it and and believed in it whereas the investigate the investors you know they they lose money all the time not all the time but I mean they they understand they're taking a risk so I'm not so uh, sympathetic to the investors Uh, But I would be much more to the doctors and patients. Like the guy who wanted to know if he had herpes
2: and she then lied and said he didn't. And he did have herpes. I don't know if I
5: quite (laughs) buy that analogy. (laughs) That that
1: happened. They were committing fraud within a year of the company. Like blatantly fully committing actual fraud where she literally took the Edison boxes with nothing inside with a video screen on the front. Was like, look at this, Biden. Isn't this great? Don't look inside. (laughs) Why do you think, or as, a, as an attorney and knowing the jury, why do you think they felt, did they have some, because she's a woman, did they feel some sort of like they're scared that she's going to go away for the rest of her life? What, why not convict her on the the very truth of the fact that she was committing actual fraud?
5: That, that, that's really a very tough question to answer. You would have to be there in court all day to listen to the nuances of the testimony and everything to really get an accurate answer. However, Looking at it from, from a distance, a couple of things that uh, were different. She took the witness stand and testified about how much she believed in the product and you know, forcefully told the jury that she believed in this. And then secondly, which is more interesting to me because it's part of the research I do, she claimed that she was being sexually subjugated by her <laughs> former boyfriend And therefore, was not fully liable for the various decisions that were made. This is where I think we'd lose
2: you. I mean, this would—that has to at least make you punitive. Nobody can believe that she was being subjugated by this man, right?
5: Well, that—that's. This is hardly unusual. This is an age-old kind of uh, defense that women put up with. I've been abused. I've been raped. I've been. Uh, you know, all of this, and that's why I did what I did, you know, from battered women on. So it's a popular defense. She was charged with like 12 or 13 counts. She was convicted of four, acquitted, I think, of four, and then hung jury on the rest. So something must have worked. Yeah, they did it pretty good. Well, she's a a master manipulator. Some some of the jury must have believed what she yeah, was but, saying. Yeah, now, she's course, like Trump. She, she is a mastermind. She testified. Leader. So I, I think she must have been pretty effective yeah. at testifying. She's
2: great at convincing. That's what I'm saying. She's very convincing. <laughs> what is the process in between sent, like the verdict and sentencing? Like, Are the lawyers still involved now? Of course. What so,
5: happens is, let's say there's a verdict, you're convicted. The judge will then, in the federal courts, will set sentencing about 90 days away and then refers it to the probation department. The probation department does what's called a pre-sentence investigation report, in which they interview you, other people, they got everything else that might possibly bear on the sentencing, and types up a report with statements from both sides in it, and submits that to the court. And then
2: a bunch of money goes into the judge's
5: yeah, bank okay. account, offshore. We don't talk about that. Right. <laughs> then, then they set down a sentencing hearing and the job, mainly the, the defense lawyers, then you want to present favorable testimony and evidence. So we sometimes we do videos mm-hmm. showing things that people have done in the community. Mm-hmm. We will have people come in and testify as to, you know, donations they make, other kind of community service. Anything we could come up with, maybe psychiatric reports, anything to show that people can be rehabilitated. Someone's pregnant
2: too, (laughs) they need to raise their baby.
5: Oh, they could be saying, you know, she's working hard to get pregnant the second time right now and uh, Yeah. So what you do is it's a whole nother part of the case, but it's the lawyer's job to advocate all the good things that the person has done, and how the person could be rehabilitated, how they could be trusted again, and then one of the most important parts, and I tell clients this all the time, look, I can speak on your behalf, I have no problem, I can do it all day long, but there has to come a time when you stand there and look the judge right in the eye, and you've got to say, Whatever you want to say about what happened, either you're apologizing for what happened, explaining your remorse, explain how you're going to change your life, that that's not the person who you are, that you can become a better person, that you have a family that you care about, you have other things that you care about, that you will be able to rehabilitate yourself because you can work, you're not going to be uh, on welfare the rest of your life. So you have to look at them person to person. That's the best thing you can do. Look them right in the eye, because judges are human beings. Most now of she's the time. she's going to
1: get not even a year then. Well, it's ho- I mean yeah the, she they said that the right? sentencing could be up to a maximum of twenty years. But what well, do you 20 think? Twenty years account. A count. She's got four but oh, if she looks so the judge
2: in the eye, she's going to get him
1: right.
5: Not necessarily. Or because they'll judges be will off? get very cynical after a while. The longer you know you hear these pitches all the time. Okay. So. Trust me, federal judges are are not uh, uh, easily convinced.
2: And are federal prosecutors usually like good, or are they like in
1: general in terms
2: of in, like lawyers? In
5: general, they're miserable sons of a bitches.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One of the main things that they talked about in the case was the jury selection, that there was like a d- divided line on like we need half women, we need half men, we need them to be this age, we need them to be that age. They should be white. They should be da-da. so. What First would- of
5: all. <laughs> The worst way to pick a jury is based on demographics, male, female, black, white, (laughs) Jewish, Catholic. That does not generate verdicts. What we do is we do a tremendous amount of research. You may do polling, do focus groups, mock trials. We do a lot of uh, research to try to find out what kind of jurors would be good for our case. In other words, who would be uh, most sympathetic to our defense, and then, then we take our defense oh. and we try it before focus groups and get feedback to see what people think. So these, the research is really important in finding out the issues, how you exp- explain it, mm-hmm. and looking for particular types of people. But as I said, demographics don't work. Usually men, women, and what have you, it's, it's what really works, and I, and I teach this at the law school all the time, is personal experience. It doesn't make any difference who you are. If you've been in an auto crash, and it's an auto crash case, you're gonna look at that case through the lens of your auto crash. If you have been sexually abused, you're gonna look at this case exactly like that. So whatever there is in your background is the most important thing to find out about you. What personal experience did you have and how did that affect you? Like you with your knee. So I thought if I was you gonna say a with case being a dike, dealing with a doctor <laughs> charged with malpractice who did knee surgery, yeah. you would be a horrible jury. Yeah, I'd get right? kicked off right away. Yeah. Yeah, because you're looking at it through the fact I went through it and it was unsuccessful and these guys tell people and don't fully explain what happens and mm-hmm. look what, look how you suffer. Right.
2: Are you allowed to ask people like Did you have you experienced any abuse in your past? You can
5: in the state courts where they allow much more, which we call voir dire, where in the federal courts, the judges usually just ask all the questions and it's much Uh, more difficult.
2: Okay, well, we're going to skip talking about jizzling. But before we go, before we let you go, you have to just tell us how you feel about Kim Kardashian passing the baby bar. So tell us what is the baby bar and does it even matter and if you think she'll be able to pass the real bar?
5: All right. First of all, the first time I ever heard of the baby bar <laughs> is when I read about it in page six because Kim Kardashian was doing it, and I have, I, have, you know, I probably figured that means that she was having sex with a lot of different <laughs> guys. But no, oh, the, baby, the bar. baby bar is totally meaningless. There's only one bar exam, and every state gives a bar exam in which. Is a very rigorous test. When I took it, I think it was three days, and now I think it's two days. And it's about half. When I took it, it was half multiple choice, half essay. Very tough examination, and it and it quizzed you on everything that you studied in three years of law school. So what you do is you go to law school for three years, and then six months later, you get to pass a test on everything, (laughs) you know, every area of the law and no lawyer knows more law than they do at the time they take the (laughs) bar exam. Because you have to be able to answer questions about everything, and it's very tough. So can somebody like Kim Kardashian, and I don't know her, so I I make no uh, uh, generalization about her abilities at all, but could you bypass going to three years of law school and then go ahead and take and pass the bar exam, the chances of that happening are close to zero, particularly here in California. California has a very tough, rigorous bar exam. I was going to ask
2: you, what are the t- top three like hardest states, do you New know?
5: York and California, two of the toughest. And that's because, and is very tough also, because what they do is states where peop- lawyers would want to move there to practice law make it more difficult, so you can't just Like in in New York, what would happen in New York, lawyers would want to retire in New York and then go to Florida and still practice law. So Florida made their bar exam pretty tough. You just can't do that. So it's not easy to move around. California has a very tough bar exam.
2: What's the easiest? Kentucky, Mississippi, with all due. With all due.
5: (laughs) Well, there are certain states now where if you graduate from law school within that state, you don't have to take the bar and you could be admitted. So. I gotta go there. Where? (laughs) Nowhere you wanna go. Yeah. (laughs) So, but any place that you really want where there is a rigorous practice of law, there's going to be a tough bar exam. So that's why the Californias, the New Yorks, the Florida, Texas, the place that you know, there's a lot of competition and what Probably have you. Probably Chicago, like, oh, Chicago. Illinois has a yeah. very tough bar exam, too. Illinois has some excellent, uh, you know, the University of uh, Chicago is one of the top law schools in the country.
2: Okay, so what's going to happen with Kim? We know, so she didn't She didn't go to law school. She has this team. She, she failed the baby bar, the mysterious baby, I've had um, sex with a million guys, <laughs> bar three times. Then she passed it. do you think she there's she's going to pass the actual bar
5: no i don't because the california bar exam is very tough it's very rigorous i would say their pass rate may be 50 or 60 percent of people who went to law school
2: she helped that the the woman with trump get the first woman she got released which was great but i'm Feeling like at this point, that had to be an almost three years ago. Like, bitch, just go to law school at this point. <laughs> Nobody's going to respect you anyway. Right. Just go to law school like everyone else.
5: Yes, but here's the problem. Going to law school means you're working 18 hours a day for three years. Now, here's a, here's a woman who's part of an industry that's making billions of dollars a year. Do you really want to stop all that? and spend 18 hours a day for the next three years reading these ancient textbooks and taking tests and all that, why would you be motivated to do that? Now I get it and I, I, I applaud the work that she has done. She has done some very good work in getting people out of prison and making that an issue, but she is not suited to becoming going to law school and becoming a lawyer. That's just not who she is
2: all right Roy thank you so much for doing our stupid podcast I mean we don't like making you stupider but I mean it's part of being our friend (laughs) tell our 14 listeners where they can buy your first book where they can find you on the socials my old book is on
5: Amazon it's uh you know the Black's Law
1: and everyone get it I read it and it was great yeah (laughs) okay tell them your socials
5: I don't, I don't, you know, I I started at Facebook when it first started. I don't do that anymore. Good. I did Twitter for about 15 minutes and realized what a waste of time that was. You can, you can uh, check my wife's social media.
2: Yeah. The only place you're going to find Roy is on this podcast. So 14 people are going to be able to find you.
5: That's right. Thanks, Roy. All right, guys.
2: Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it and I don't blame her because it's so fucking hard to find an uplifting story to end the show on a positive note when it feels like half the country are basically mind controlled members of a morally bankrupt right wing cult. And the rest of us are whiny entitled virtue signaling assholes who are too busy keyboard fighting Bernie battles with our own side to win the actual war. But you do it, ma'am, week after week after week (sighs) Mm -hmm. for five (laughs) fucking years. Uh And I want you to know this week, like every week we see you and we appreciate you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Well, I see you and I appreciate you as well. Um, all right. Well, on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I wanted to find something that felt good. You know what I mean? Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. We're free at last. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, give us the fucking mountain on the mountaintop and let's shine the light and let's Jews and Gentiles and.
2: Yeah. And because hearing the
1: speech was actually
2: uh, more depressing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's because true. Because of how. That is true. Fucking fucked that's up. True. It's yes. gotten. I'm going to try and just think of all the good things and, you know, I wanted to find something again that felt really good and by me finding anything, I mean you finding it and showing it to me. Now, before I go, uh, before I go into the really, to the so there's that, I need to give you my state of mind right now. I am, I've been stewing and sewing, and rowing and blowing, and I'm like in my juices and I'm like boiling, okay? Okay. So... This I've been the- with you every minute of the day, so I'm yeah. aware. So, so part of me needing to find just a fucking feel-good story is also to fucking quell the volcanic tsunami rage that I have bubbling in my blood right now. I am so thoroughly irritated by the infighting, by this utterly unproductive and fact-destructive narrative that progressives... By the way, newsflash, if you're super progressive, this is going to piss you off what I'm about to say, and I apologize. Okay, I'm sorry, but this is not I feeling. That you keep throwing around that moderates are as bad as conservatives! It's literally going to destroy the country. What's eating away at the frayed edges of democracy, in addition to the white male grievance party, Emperor Trump, and religion, obviously are the flip-side fuckery of the progressive immaturity that is constantly throwing bananas in the street of moderates and regular liberals so we are constantly having to manage and address your never-ending fucking needs rather than go ahead and voice the truth about the change that needs to be made in this country in a productive manner. But when you and the GOP look like you're on the same side, nothing will get done.
2: And also, you're just Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin aren't
1: fucking moderates. They're douchebag Republicans. <laughs> That's what they are. Yeah, there is no loyalty. There is no support. It looks like we're all over the place. And I can say this: I wouldn't yell and scream about my family to other families. I would yell and scream and push and fight and try and work together behind closed doors. But in public, I would respectfully disagree when needed. I would aim my cunt at the Republican party and conservatives where it belongs and not be a fucking pussy who exists to take down their own because you don't feel confident enough to tangle with the real devil yeah, we're not
2: here for We're not here for the critiques on um, Kamala Harris. I'm just here to let you know we're just not here for it. Oh, my God. Don't mention God. it to us. Don't fucking mention <laughs> it to us. Don't. We're not here for it.
1: Uh, but in a, I also want to acknowledge the sexist mouth garbage constantly being thrown at Kamala Harris and Jen Psaki. And to the gentleman who said Jen Psaki and Kamala Harris should stop talking down to people. I say you need to check your male privilege at the fucking door and ask yourself why it is that you think two women who are constantly, and I mean every second of the fucking day, having to defend their existence and respond to the never-ending barrage of people backing them into corners in order to defend their jobs and answer dumbass trolling questions. And so the second they get irritated or need to check a bitch, now they're talking down to people. Sir, take several seats, and while you're there, sit on the toilet in front of a mirror and really look at yourself because it is you who is doing the talking a down to (laughs) now (coughs) after all this shit oh my god I'm in a mood I can't take it. I'm hungry. I'm horny for food and I need to be swaddled immediately. But since that can't happen, I'm looking for pockets of light that will keep my never ending emptiness at bay. And you showed me this. And the headline reads, these cheerleaders are retirees and still going strong. Now these bitches. So the funny thing is this. In 2019, I watched this cheesy movie called Palms, which apparently is based on these old whores said with love. They're in a retirement community in Arizona and they start started a cheer team. And little did I know, this shit was based on real life! So CNN ran a story this weekend about these older, gentle, sexy women living in Sun City retirement community and they have been an actual cheer and dance squad since 1979. So this retirement community in Sun City, Arizona, was when it was built, was the first of its kind apparently because the whole point of it was that it was supposed to be a retirement village for people who wanted to remain active. So there's golf and sports and swimming and activities rather than a retirement community where you basically just go to die or go to relax in a manner, a relaxing manner of just like laying around
2: like sedentary. Oh, that's interesting. Sedentary.
1: So I guess these bitches who are former dancers and cheerleaders whose husbands all died, but were still feeling their titties decided to get their dance on. And, you know, also in places like this, they all fucking. Oh, they're so horny they're all fucking they
2: are all and even in the centers when they live it's like they go room
1: to room just fucking down like clowns all right well listen they say that with when women go through menopause or whatever they dry up but i'm not sure i believe it so i am so inspired by these women now granted the youngest member of their group is like 55 which isn't that old but the oldest dancer is 90 the bitch is flipping batons she's doing splits okay I showed you a video of one, one uh, of the whores doing the yes. baton and damn near lost my mind. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. Now, she better be careful not to talk down to people, though. <laughs> anyway, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, we as a society in America have tended to discard elderly people and after men particularly have decided a woman is unfuckable anymore, we put the women in a home and shut the door. And those places are just, they're just death camps. So seeing the existence of this place makes getting old not as scary in a way. I mean, it's still terrifying and will keep me up at night. But watching these cheerleading old whores really has my brain twisting and changing into the idea that if I can afford it, obviously, I could see my way into basically an active elder retirement community. And that alone could help shift out fear and minds into how our last chapters will be. I mean... I need to start saving for it now because you know that shit's expensive. These bitches perform at parades and high school games and apparently are performing all year. And the second they start showing them at the parades and their their fellowship and whatever, their sisterhood, I'm fucking crying my eyes out. It's all women. And I imagine when I move there in five years mm-hmm. that eventually Brandy... You will end up there like in your 70s and I will make you join the cheerleading squad mm-hmm. and I will then live my best life finally being able to meet to you and <laughs> act out my lifelong ambition <laughs> because these women are fucking Everything you can't you can't they prove that you can keep living and have fun And they're proving that as long as you stay active and social and keep dancing anything is possible You don't need to ever stop living life and finding the best people especially when you're an old whore So there's that Okay, so that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid
2: podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. There are a lot of people who who listen to our Patreon podcast. I wouldn't say a lot because there's just not a lot of people (laughs) here at all. But there's people that listen to our Patreon podcast that don't even listen to the regular weed because they don't want to fucking deal with politics. (sighs) They're completely different than this. We do two a week every week, and there's no politics, no ads, no structure, no rules. And best of all, no pressure to join the Patreon. But that one isn't free. It's not free.
1: Uh, It's only a dollar. You get one podcast a week for $1 and two podcasts a week for $2. And the word podcasts at this point in the show doesn't (laughs) sound like a word. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to our huge back catalog, which has hundreds of hours of stupid, stress-free, ad-free podcasts. Plus, you get the philanthropic satisfaction of knowing that with one single dollar, you are contributing to what has become basically our sole source of income since we got kicked off Bravo. And listen,
2: I just need to be frank with you guys. We know that every fucking free podcast out there also has a Patreon podcast side hustle. But here's the deal. A lot of those podcasters don't post regularly. And they get you on a monthly subscription, like if it's $5 a month, you pay that $5 regardless whether they post four pod, one a week, four podcasts, five podcasts. It cost $5 a month. They could accidentally not post all month mm-hmm. or they could do one. And now you've paid $5 for one 20-minute podcast. Mm-hmm. Ours isn't like that. You only pay for what we actually post. And if we don't post, then you don't pay. Mm-hmm. That's it. And also we have a free one so you can listen to see if you like it. Just go to the link below uh, the description of this podcast or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com. On our website, there's a link on every page that says click to listen to our free Patreon episode. You can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or computer. You don't have to download anything or sign up for anything.
1: It's super easy. That's right. It's so easy. And if you decide to sign up, all you have to do is import our Patreon podcast feed one time into iTunes or whatever podcast player you're using right now, and then it will just automatically show up there every week next to any other podcast you subscribe to.
2: And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Roy Black. Roy Black. And MLK Jr. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. How'd you do, I?
0: Well, you got caught with a flat, well, how about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania.
4: From transsexual
0: Transylvania Hey, <laughs> I'm just a sweet transvestida From transsexual Transylvania
4: <laughs> So come up to the left